Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, come with me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 19 of Soul Food where we're going to look at trust. And what mean what we mean by trust is trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this episode, we're going to look at the trust that the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, had. We're going to look at the relationship between certainty and trust, verses in the Qur'an relating to trusting in Allah. We're also going to look at the basis of trust and how trust relates to action. Trusting in Allah, yet acting upon what one needs. So let's begin. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he was the pinnacle and the epitome of trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in all good actions. One time in an amazing story, I always love this story and it's always quite profound, but one time the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, was sleeping underneath a tree and a man who was part of one of the people who was fighting against uh, the Muslims and trying to sort of... um, exterminate Muslims off of the face of the earth, he came up to the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, while he was asleep, and he picked up the Prophet's sword. And when the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, when he woke up and he saw this man, and just imagine that, right, like waking up from sleep, and this man has this, you know, ill intent, and he's branding the sword and the man says to the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he says, Man yamna'uka minni, who will stop me from harming you? And with complete and utter certainty, the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he says, Allah. And the man is shaken and he actually drops the sword. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he picks up the sword and he says, Who will prevent me from doing to you whatever I will? And the man says, No one. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, I mean, on one level you see the the complete trust in a moment of extreme danger and fear. But the Prophet exhibits complete trust. Then second of all, when the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, has the opportunity to exact what the man wanted to do against him back at him, the Prophet forgives him and lets him go. And the Prophet says, will you bear witness that there is no God but God and that I'm the messenger of God? And the man said, I won't do that, but I promise you that I won't fight against you anymore. And the Prophet let him go. And the man left and he said, this is the best person I've ever met that he's true to his word and he's forgiving and so forth, even though the man intended to harm the Prophet But the the point that we're trying to highlight is the trust that the Prophet had in Allah that was unshakable, even in the most difficult of situations. 
So what is the relationship between certainty and trust? The ulama, when they talk about trusting in Allah, they always relate it back to this sense of belief and certainty in the oneness of Allah, in the oneness of God, glorious and exalted. Allah says in the Qur'an that He is the Lord of the East and the Lord of the West, and there is no God but Him, so take Him as a patron. So take him as your caretaker. And the scholars, they comment on this verse saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is establishing his lordship, that he's the lord of everything. And then he also uh, establishes and emphasizes the oneness of divinity, that there is no God but him. So take him as your caretaker, take him as your patron, so that a person has no one else to rely upon in reality, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way that this relates to certainty is that if a person recognizes that God has power over all things and that he has the ultimate power, then they have no issues in, in placing all of their trust in him. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control and that no one else is in control other than him. And if someone realizes that in their heart, then they turn over all of their affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah emphasizes and encourages us and reminds us of this in the Qur'an in many, many verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إنما المؤمنون الذين إذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم That true believers are those whose hearts tremble with awe when God is mentioned. وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا And whose faith increases when his revelation is recited to them. وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And they are those who put their trust in their Lord. That this is one of the, the defining characteristics of true believers is that they put their trust in their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْحَيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتِ And put your trust in the living God who never dies. Put your trust in the living God who never dies. One of the Mufassirin commenting on this is beautiful. He says, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to put your trust in Him? And then He mentions His name, Al-Hayy, the ever-living, who never dies. And He says that the reason is, is because people put their trust in things that are fading. They put their trust in certain people or certain positions or certain uh, expressions of power or stability or whatever it may be. But all of those things will eventually fade and pass away. So that when you recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ever-living who never dies, that you are not uh, fooled into placing your trust into something other than Allah that every other living thing is in need of its Lord. So don't put your trust on something that is intrinsically dependent on Allah itself. That you're in the same boat. That everything is in need of Allah and everything's power will fade except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So put your trust in the one whose power will never fade and he will never die, Jalla Jalalu. And this is really important, particularly understanding, trusting in Allah when it comes to our wealth and comes to our provision. 
that people get really anxious when it comes to their provision. And they always wonder, you know, this is, I'm sure, you know, many of us feel this way, is that you're told from a young age that you have to do very well in school, you have to be successful, and there's wisdom in that. I'm not saying that that doesn't matter, but we have to put our trust in Allah, that when we start to doubt, am I going to be okay? Am I going to make it? Is everything going to work out? that you have to put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because your provision comes from Him. And everything else is the form and the means that Allah subjugates to bring you your provision. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا And whoever is mindful of God, He will make a way out for them. When you're in a tight spot, when you feel like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't see how... I'm going to make ends meet. I don't see how this is going to, to actually have a positive conclusion. Remember this. Whoever is mindful of God, whoever obeys their Lord, Allah will make a way out for them. And He will provide for them from an unexpected source. When you're in a tight spot and you don't know where things are going to come from, put your trust in Allah and He will bring it to you from where you never expected. And God will be enough for those who put their trust in Him. That God achieves His purpose and God has set a due measure for everything. God has set a due measure for everything. So what is the basis of trust? What in the state of our hearts, what does that relate to trust? Imam al-Haddad says that the basis of reliance on God and trust in God is the heart's knowledge that all matters are in God's hands, whether beneficial or harmful, unpleasant or pleasant. And that if all of the creatures were to unite to benefit you, they could only benefit you in the way which God has already written for you. And that if they were unite to harm you, they would only do so in that way which God has already written for you. That in reality, nothing can intrinsically benefit or harm except by God's permission and God's decree. So instead of getting caught up in all of the things around you, if everyone in the world tried to cure a sick person, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't decree that that person becomes healed. If everyone in the world tried their best, they couldn't heal them. And there are people who are sick and the doctor says you have two weeks to live. And nobody can help them. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heals them. They might be exceptional situations, but it happens. And we recognize that that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not from anyone else. So some, some people might be wondering, okay, you're talking about trusting in Allah and that God can heal people who are sick and, and so forth. Does that mean that we don't try? Does that mean that we don't put forward an effort? A man came to the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, and he asked this very question. He said, oh, messenger of God, should I tie my camel? You know, like when they would tie their camel. In other words, it's like uh, locking your car. It's like so that your car doesn't get stolen or that your camel doesn't run away. He said, should I tie my camel? In other words, should I make sure that it doesn't run away? Or should I just trust in Allah? Should I put my trust in Allah and say, oh Allah, I'm going to trust in you that my camel's not going to run away. 
And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he said, tie your camel and trust in God, that they're not mutually exclusive. Take the means available to secure the things that you need while simultaneously trusting in Allah. And that knowing that taking the means available is something that you're expected to do. So if someone isn't feeling well, for example, then they should take medicine. Or someone should be careful about their health. They should be careful about what they eat and so forth. And then they should trust in Allah that Allah will give them health. But you, they're not mutually exclusive. But you take the means available to you, but your heart should always be firm in recognizing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ultimately in control of everything. So the state of your heart, even when you don't have the means available to you, and that's when we're really tested, is when you can't really change something. You don't really have the opportunity to change the situation. At that point, all you have is trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but that should never waver. Even when you're doing things, your trust is in Allah, it's not in the things that you're doing. And this is one of the most important of the virtues of the heart because it relates directly back to our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ultimate lordship and power over everything. So a person does not just leave aside the means, but they don't put their trust in the means, they put their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you're working hard at school or at work or whatever it may be, is recognizing that working hard is my job, but internally in my heart, I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of me. That my provision is in Allah's hands, it's not in my own efforts. So that brings us to today's call to action that the next time you're worried or doubtful, you might be worried about something, I don't know if, if I'm going to get this job, or I don't know if I'm, this is going to work out for me, or whatever it may be. The next time you're worried or doubtful, take a deep breath and do the dua and the dhikr that Allah and His Messenger taught us, which is, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said that this dua, this dhikr, this testimony of reality, which means that there is no power or might at all except by God and His permission and His decree. That nothing has power or ability other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, if a person says this, it is a cure for 99 ailments the least of which is anxiety, the least of which is anxiety and doubt. So the next time you feel like, I don't know if things are going to work out, remind yourself, say, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And we'll put the dua in the show notes so that you'll have it written out available for you. Just say to yourself, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and reflect on that. Reflect on that and recognize that Allah is ultimately in control and He is taking care of you, and if you put your trust in Him, He will always be there to fulfill that trust and take care of you and protect you and fulfill your needs in the best way in your relationship to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not in the way that we always expect, but in a way that is befitting His knowledge and His wisdom. Jalla Jalalu. So the next time that comes to you, just make this dua. 
Uh, and that's all for today. Jazakumullah kul khair once again for listening. Please remember us in your duas. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.